here's something I know about you. And it's true for me too. While the world promotes power, possessions, pleasure, and prominence as keys to success and successful living, something in us still longs for more. And perhaps one way of talking about that longing, talking about that more, would be significance. Significant, as in consequential. Significance comes from contributing to others, and that's what we want. That's what we long for. We long for our lives to matter, to matter to our friends and family, to matter to our community. And it is not at all immodest or overstated to acknowledge that we long to contribute more to the wider world. We want this world to be a better place because we've lived in it. We want the people who know us to be better off for having known us. In our hearts, we know that it is the donation, not the duration of our life that matters. This is why we're moved by stories of people who have made a difference. When we hear stories of people who have sacrificed and served for the good of others, we lean in, we pay attention, their stories move us because we want to be like them. And we love it when we are like them. We love when someone comes up to us and says, I hear really good things about your work, or I have great regard for your business, or I really admire the way you parent. We love that. I know I love to hear when someone says, I've heard good things about your church, which is better than I've heard about your church. <laughs> anyway, at the end of the day, at the end of our lives, we hope that others can talk about the amazing contribution we've made to their well-being, their experience, their quality of life. I attend a lot of funerals and hear lots of eulogies, often filled with fun facts and heartwarming moments, but the ones that are most impactful and most moving are the stories of selfless service, of true charity, illustrating the positive difference the deceased has made. Easter Sunday and the entire Easter season, which stretches out over the next 50 days, celebrates the life of one man who's had a great impact, easily the greatest impact for good ever, and has inspired the most good, as in good work and goodwill in the whole history of the world. His life mattered so much that today, 2.2 billion believers around the world celebrate Easter Sunday, worshiping and honoring him. Even though he lived over 2,000 years ago in a dusty, remote corner of the Roman Empire, largely in obscurity for most all of his life. We see the immediate impact he had in a passage from the book of the Bible called Acts of the Apostles. Acts tells the story of the early church and what Jesus' friends and followers did after him. The passage we're looking at today, which was today's first reading, the Apostle Paul, Peter, Jesus' closest friend and follower, is speaking to a Roman military officer, a fellow named Cornelius, and to Cornelius' family. It was a meeting that could only have happened through God's intervention because it was against Jewish law 
for Peter, a Jew, and Cornelius, a non-Jew, a Gentile, to dine together or even associate together. As an observant Jew, Peter would never have done anything like that. But God arranged the meeting so that Peter could overcome his prejudice and introduce Cornelius and his family to Christ, which is what he did. Peter proceeded to speak and said, you know what has happened all over Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with power. He went about doing good and healing all those oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Although he was unknown in the larger world, everyone in that region of the world at that time eventually did hear about Jesus of Nazareth because of the good and great things he was doing. Jesus went about doing good. He did good through his preaching and teaching, bringing understanding, clarity, and light to the misunderstood, the confused, and the lost. He helped people, often undervalued people, recognize their value, people who were treated as worthless, to see their worth. He inspired people to live up to a better version of themselves. He did good by healing people who were suffering and neglected. He made the deaf hear, the blind see, and the lame walk. He freed people who were misunderstood and marginalized in their fear and anxiety. And Jesus, not went, Jesus not only went about doing good, he went about being good. There was a compelling goodness to Jesus himself. People who were merely selfish and self-centered and not accomplishing any good for anyone were drawn to him. People who were nothing like him, liked him. They found in Jesus acceptance, kindness, and compassion. And as they grew in their friendship, as they grew in their relationship with them, their lives changed. Everyone who met Jesus and allowed his goodness to influence and shape them experienced life change. Peter continued, we are witnesses of all that he did. No one's life changed more than Peter's. He saw with his own eyes all that Jesus had done. Peter had been so compelled by Jesus' goodness that he left a successful fishing business. He left his family and friends. He left his home and his hometown. He left everything to follow the Lord. He wanted to be a part of what Jesus was doing because he recognized the significance of it. However, Peter tells us, they put him to death by hanging him on a tree. This is a strange thing about goodness. Even though we desire it and hunger for it and want it and work for it, the world and its systems don't always respond well to it. Jesus' goodness stood in stark contrast to the corruption of the religious leaders of the day, as he brought healing and help and wholeness to more and more people, the religious leaders did not appreciate it. In fact, they resented it. It made them look bad because they were more focused on staying in control and staying in power than helping people. Jesus' goodness highlighted their corruption. And as he became more and more and more popular, they became more and more and more jealous. And so they tried to stop him and the good that he was doing. At first, they tried to discredit him and turn the people on him and 
When that didn't work, they had him crucified on false charges by the Roman authorities. On Good Friday, it looked like the good Jesus was doing was over and done. Because when you're dead, you're dead. You can't do any more good for anyone. But that was not the end of Jesus. It looked like Jesus had lost, but Jesus did not lose by dying on the cross. In fact, by dying on the cross, Jesus performed his ultimate act of goodness and grace because of what happened next. Peter goes on, this man God raised from the dead on the third day and granted that he be visible, not to all people, but to us, the witnesses chosen by God in advance who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. Jesus rose from the dead. He defeated death. Jesus took down our greatest enemy as God raised him up. Jesus rose from the dead. He defeated death. By going to the cross and rising from the dead, he redeemed the whole world. He redeemed the whole world. What does that mean? Well, it means he paid for our sins and bore our guilt. He lifted up the weight of our faults and, and failures. By his wounds, we are healed. Through the cross, he made us whole in right relationship with God, once and for all and forever. That's the promise of Christianity. That's the hope of Easter, the death and resurrection of a man 2,000 years ago. More than just helping and healing us, restores the goodness of God in us. And nobody can take that away. Easter celebrating celebrates an amazing new reality. The amazing new reality that the goodness of God cannot be overcome and it cannot be stopped. The goodness of God cannot be overcome and it cannot be stopped, even in the face of this week's dreadful and devastating report, the tragic burden for survivors. Even despite the enormity of bad news around the world and the very real suffering of so many people. The goodness of God cannot be overcome. It cannot be stopped. So steadfast, so amazing is God's love. God's goodness just keeps on coming and keeps on coming and keeps on coming. And here's in part how it works. Peter said, he commissioned us to preach to the people and testify that he is the one appointed by God as judge of the living and the dead. He commissioned us. Easter celebrates the amazing new reality that all of us, his friends and followers, are now the agents of his goodness. All of us, his friends and followers, are now the agents of his goodness. Jesus rose from the dead, and then he appointed his followers to go. He appointed his followers to go. Elsewhere in Scripture, we read, Jesus said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Go and make disciples. What are disciples? Students. Disciples are students. And for Christians, for Christ followers, disciples are friends and followers of the Lord. And here's the thing. He sent his first friends and followers to go and make new friends and followers, to make other friends and followers, to make more friends and followers. And that's the plan. Moving forward, that's the plan. That's 
the whole plan. The rest of Acts of the Apostles discovers this movement that quickly gained momentum as the body of disciples grew exponentially, impacting, influencing, and inspiring the world for good and God. The early followers of Jesus continued to do the same that Jesus had done. They gave hope to the hopeless and inspiration to the uninspired and encouragement to the discouraged. They gave a way forward to the lost. And like Jesus, they even sometimes helped heal people physically. They became like Jesus in the goodness of their being and the way they served others. And their act of service pointed back to the goodness of God. The promise of Christianity, the hope of Easter, is that we really can achieve the significance we so greatly desire and yearn for precisely by reaching out, going out, to bring the good, goodness and good news of Jesus Christ to others and in the process, make disciples. So, over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about that. We're going to take a look at the opportunities the Lord gives us to go and do precisely that. And I invite you to, to join us, to come back in person here on our Ridgely Road campus or join us online each week for the next four weeks for this series, which I think you're going to want to hear. The promise of Christianity, the hope of Easter, is that you really can live the life of significance you desire and yearn for no matter, no matter your stage or state of life, no matter who you are, or what's happened to you, no matter what you've done or where you've been, God wants to use you. God wants to work through you to go, go and bring his goodness to the world. In fact, we can start today. Did you know every Easter Sunday we return to a very noble, a very ancient tradition? We renew our baptismal promises, promises we made or were made for us to follow Jesus and allow him to influence every area of our life. We profess a desire to live in the freedom we enjoy as the children of God. Even if you're not baptized, you can participate, you can commit. You can make this promise for the first time here today, this afternoon. You certainly don't have to. Feel free to sit this one out. You don't have to, but you're welcome to. It's a way of committing or recommitting to a loving relationship with the living Lord. Dear friends, through the Paschal Mystery, we have been buried with Christ in baptism so that we may walk with him in newness of life. And so now that our Lenten observance is concluded, let us renew the promises of holy baptism by which we once renounced Satan and his work and promised to serve God in the Holy Catholic Church. And so I ask you now, do you renounce Satan? I do. And all his works? I do. And all his empty promises. I do. Do you renounce the glamour of evil and refuse to be mastered by it? I do. Do you renounce Satan, the author and prince of darkness? I do. Do you believe in God, the Father Almighty, 
creator of heaven and of earth. I do. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, his son, our Lord, who was born of the Virgin, suffered death and was buried, rose again from the dead, and is seated now at the right hand of God? I do. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting? I do. And may Almighty God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given us new birth by water and the Holy Spirit, bestowed on us forgiveness of sin, keep us safe in his grace. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks for watching. Be sure you hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss a thing. You can be part of our mission to love God, love others, and make disciples by sharing this video. We're grateful that you're part of this community.